passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your host, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by betonline.ag. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports betting info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. With training camp right around the corner, BetOnline has opened up odds for team wins, division futures, and of course, the Super Bowl. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code, that's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash. I'm here with former legendary 76ers point guard Eric Snow and my brother, Tasia Dash. How you guys doing? Doing great. Doing great. So I feel like we're getting to a point of free agency where like just everything's just so quiet right now. Just wait for something to burst. I mean, obviously we've talked about Durant and Kyrie, that stuff needing to happen in order for everything else to happen. But I mean, the Donovan Mitchell news is still out there. They're still shopping him. I mean, there's a lot of big names out there who are still being shopped. I mean, have we seen like the, are we going to see a big star uh, going to a new team soon? Or is that going to like happen when the season comes? Like when, KD, Kyrie, and and um, and Donovan Mitchell. Do you think it's going to happen in the offseason, or is that going to be something we're going to have to wait till the, uh, the, the when the season starts? If I had to guess, I would say it happens before the season starts. I, I think um, even the teams that's trading those guys, you, you want to go into the season set. I mean, I think that um, I think they'll hold out maybe and try to get the best deal up until that point. Um, I just don't see these two guys if we're talking about Mitchell and, and KD, I just don't see these guys being, um, you know, trade deadline guys. I, I just don't see it. Um, which it could be because, you know, you can trade some of the guys that signed and and you can also, um, you know, look at, see how the season's going. So I understand it from that, that aspect. But I just think that, um, especially from Brooklyn's standpoint, they, they have said, if correct me if I'm wrong, um, that they still wanted to be competitive mm. once they traded these guys. Yeah, so, I believe so, yeah. Um, I would think if that's your, you know, your emphasis, you would want to go into the season with your team. Um, but still the NBA, so I would never be surprised. Yeah. yeah. They actually just said, or I think, I think today the story came out that it's becoming more likely that Kyrie and Durant actually stay. 
not that they want to. I think Durant still wants out, but they just not getting the offers they want. And with every day that passes, they said it just becomes more likely that they they do stay. Well, I mean, that's also, you know, you have to say that because you're not getting to get True. them to offer more. Yep. Yep. It's also we, we don't like your deal. We'll just stay. So, you know, yeah. I, I get it. That I do believe that that's possible. And I was told that um, here in Summerlee when I went over to a game that that was very likely um, more KD than Kyrie. To stay. Uh, to stay. Um, and I think the whole thing with Kyrie, with KD is if Kyrie is moved, what are they getting back? Mm, yeah. Uh, and how that would look. Because, I mean, as great as Ky- um, KD is, he's not young. Mm-hmm. So if you're getting guys that really feel like they can't compete for a championship right now, um, and Brooklyn go and get some pieces that are great in the future, doesn't necessarily that doesn't necessarily help KD. Yeah. So I, I think that's part of it is, you know, not knowing, you know, we all know what the has been a major trade for Kyrie out there. Um that doesn't fit with um being so I don't think that that's the actual deal that will happen. Yeah. So I, mean, I think it's just a lot of other pieces that have to happen it's from a Brooklyn standpoint. I think from a Utah standpoint, um, Mitchell can be moved. I, I just think it's fool's gold to think that they're going to get the same package that they got for Gobert. I do not think that's going to happen. I know that Gobert um, thing, man, that really threw everything off. With it yeah, I mean, you, you, that's just Minnesota reaching. I, I don't think that that's necessarily that they market. Get that from any other team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now that's the expectation. Now I want I want to go bear package, whatever everyone's going to say now, and they have a team on the phone. Well, the the, the rumor was Denny Ainge asked for Obi Topin uh, quickly, like two other players and six round and six first round picks from. Um, the Knicks thought it was too much. Knicks, that's the Knicks will not do that. That's ridiculous. That's yeah. that's, a, that's a lot. Um, as far as the Sixers end, really not much going on. Uh, I don't know if everyone was watching the, the, their Twitter timelines this weekend. You had Embiid um, at a Jewish wedding doing some uh, traditional Jewish dances at the uh, and, uh, producer Michael Ratner's uh, wedding. Um, I mean, it looked like a great time. Um, and then also James Harden uh, released his unveiled his uh, new wine and, and Embiid was there to uh, help him uh, celebrate that uh, momentous moment for him. So, uh, a lot of good stuff. You know, you're seeing the camaraderie and chemistry between Harden and Embiid, and it's getting everyone excited. And, and yeah, uh, um, season. Yeah, good off season. So yeah. far, yeah. Enjoying it working and having fun. And that's what you want. You want guys yeah. that get along and enjoy being around each other. And um, not just the basketball part, but that that's that's a big part of it. Totally. Mm-hmm. Most people are making note of the fact that in this offseason alone, you're seeing Embiid hang out with Harden more than he ever did with uh, Simmons outside of the basketball court. You never really saw them like kind of socialize with each other outside of this. And already in what, two months, five months of them being on the same team with each other, you're seeing them hang out and do stuff outside yeah, of basketball. I wouldn't necessarily put much weight into that. I mean, um, you know, people are different off the court. So I wouldn't necessarily say that it's, it affects relationships because you don't hang out more. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it is your interest in what you're into. Yeah. Yeah. And they have so many mutual friends too. I'm beating uh, um, Harden. Like, 
So it's just easy when you already have the same circle of friends. Ben Simmons yeah. and man, I just be a part of that circle. Yeah. And also it helps Michael Rubin, the Fanatics guy, our former uh former exec uh was at the Harden uh opening as well and they uh the wine opening that they uh they all took a picture together and um yeah. Well, a good, good for Ruben is good for the Sixers. So keep it going. <laughs> keep those business ventures going, man. Um, but uh, with, our, with our first topic tonight, sticking with uh, stuff that was released over the weekend, um, Yahoo Sports' Chris Haynes released an exclusive article uh, with James Harden. It's a must read. I mean, if, if you guys haven't read it yet, um, I suggest everyone go out there and read it because it talks about everything. Harden's will to win, the contract situation, how he pretty much, he says he'll take whatever as long as we, we put a winning product on the court. Um, and his relationship with Embiid, how, how much they're talking throughout this offseason. Um, and then he discussed his down year, which is where this question leads, uh, this past season, where he goes, quote, people were used to seeing me average 40, 30 points, and so they viewed it as a down year. I was in Philadelphia for a couple of months, and I had to learn on the fly. I'm in, good, I'm in a good space physically and mentally right now, and I'm just looking forward to next season, end quote. So overall, what are your thoughts on the article, but more specifically, what did it make you think of Harden's decline last year? Does it kind of change what you thought of maybe if, if you thought that he was maybe washed or he was losing a step or if it actually was hamstring kind of uh, dealing with that physically? Um, and, and what do you think as far as that means as we go into this coming season? Which Harden are we going to get? I mean, I, I've, I've said it before. I mean, I, I expected James Harden to, to be the number two option. And I thought that <clears throat> what he did, the numbers that he – put up were, were good. They were good enough for us and good enough for him. I didn't expect the James Harden from Houston. Um, but the one thing I would like to see and I'd like to see more of is what I've always been saying, the timely shots, the timely taking over games. Um, that's what he will have to show um, this season. And that's because that's what I think is needed in, us, in order for us to get to that next level. Uh, if Joel isn't playing or if Joel is playing, James is going to have to take over some games. He's going to have to take over some games, take over a lot of fourth quarters. Um, and I think that that's what it's going to be about. He has to be a, a big part of us winning games and winning big games and close games. Um, I think that is just as big as him coming at the end of the season and we lose in the second round again. He has all of these great numbers that Tatum likes. You know, all these numbers that we want to see from Harden. I think that, yeah, that's great, but it's really about those times with, that are going to be, you know, memorable. That's what I think. That's per that's what I've always said, and I still firmly believe it. Uh Tasia, what were your thoughts on on what are your thoughts on that? Uh Harden talking about his down year and just kind of overall on on the article, what stood out to you? I thought the article was pretty honest of him. Um We've been talking about this for quite a while. Like it's it's, it's just cool to hear him say it, though, right? Uh, and less speculation. Um, and like we've said, Harden's so interesting because the haters have just kind of changed with the narrative, right? So they used to say his old style of scoring forty points every night. It, it's not a winning bat. It's not winning basketball. So then he changed with his times, changed with his age and the injuries, and started averaging twenty four, ten, and seven, and more balanced um so then people call him washed so it's like which is it um i think he's focused and ready to go i think that's obvious i, I think he's gonna i think he's gonna tear it up this year i think this might be one of his more complete and balanced seasons of his career um and i think he he doesn't have to do it averaging 38 minutes that that's going to be the beauty of it 
give us a little less of what you gave, but conserve some energy. Because I think part of the reason Houston, everyone wants to say, oh, he had some terrible fourth quarters. He was playing all the time. He was never coming off the court in the regular season because he kind of had to because he was everything for that team. He was gassed. I mean, he was gassed. So he doesn't have to do that anymore. So one half season is not long enough to, I think, adjust to that. So it's going to be great to see him with no hamstring problems and a whole offseason to actually prepare. I think he'll average like 25, 26, 11, and 12 assists, six, seven rebounds. Um, huh? What did he say? He can average what? 20, 25, 26, and 11 to 12 assists. Oh. You don't think so? I mean, he averaged 25 20, and 11. He averaged 24 and 10 last year and with a, with, a, with a quarter of the season starting with us. You don't think a whole offseason and no hamstring could give him one more point and one more assist? I think the assist is, is attainable. I just don't know how he can get 25 with Maxie another strong another year and Tobias and Joel. I just don't know how he can get 25. Just a slightly higher percentage. 25 and those guys are just the same as they were, a little slightly better. Like, we'll have a number one seed. I, I mean, yeah. I think, I think that's definitely the goal. I, I just think he'll be more – his percentages weren't great with us. So uh, you just give him like a few more percentage points higher, closer to his career average. He probably would have averaged that last I mean, year. I get what you say. I think he's capable. I just don't think he's going to have that volume. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that will be my only question is, is he going to have, have that enough shots to get up that many shots on a consistent basis to, Average that much. I think he'll have so games many, like so that. many free throws, though. He shoots so many free throws. But you, like you said, though, he's got to take over games but, but sometimes. Volume right? is not necessarily shots too, as much as it is just like having the ball. I, I, I can see Maxi having the ball more. I can see, you know, obviously Joel's going to have it, and Tobias could have it more. I just, I, I just think if the team's going to take a bigger move, I think more of James isn't necessarily points. That's how, I mean, I think that he does more and he's more aggressive, but I'm just saying I don't think it comes in the way of him averaging 25. Maybe if he averages 23 and like 13, I'd be I'd be just as happy. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I see I see his assist numbers going up and points either staying the same or dropping slightly, but I just I I think if I can if we can have a more efficient and not necessarily from a percentage standpoint, just from a clean look standpoint taking more clean looks um you know i've always been a guy that wanting to shoot more mid-range shots Uh, Uh, catch and shoot um um, obviously getting to the line and shooting a high percentage i I just think if he's more efficient from that standpoint the lower volume won't really matter as much because he'll still be able to score um I, i just don't know if 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 he picks up his volume is that going to who, who's who's who, who are we taking that from? Does he even really need to though? Give him give him eight free throws a game. All he needs to do to average twenty is hit like four two pointers and two three pointers, and that, that I mean that's already that's already twenty right there. So yeah, like, no, I, I know he doesn't even need to shoot I, that he, much. He to can get twenty. If he can get twenty in his sleep. I'm just saying that, but that extra six points is a big deal. Like it's it's yeah. It's harder than you think because it's 
possessions and time. If we're saying that we want him in the end that he's playing less, like how much is he going to play? The minutes, like you just, we just don't know. We got to kind of see it play out. I, I just think that's going to be tough for him to, um, to get to that point for the whole season. I, I think it would be great for him to get to that point, maybe in the postseason or it when it's needed. I, I just see James. And I'm not disagreeing with how you feel. You know, mm-hmm. you feel how you feel. I'm just saying I see him more than anything as a timely guy. I think that's that's the stage of his career. And if everybody has for everybody that has a negative thing to say about James, the most consistent thing has been how he played in the play, in, in the postseason. Yep. Um, and the postseason is nothing but timely play. That's what it's all about. What are you doing yep. in that moment? Mm. He's been gassed for all those moments. That's the that's the problem. Um, as far as the hamstring thing goes, I think it was a combination. I, I think I think he's aging because he's human, <laughs> and I think the hamstring magnified that. I, I think old Harden could have probably played through such an injury and looked like himself, but. As you get older, it shows a little bit more, right? When you're when you're only playing on one and a half legs. So, I mean, I think he did lose something, but I think the lingering hamstring problem definitely magnified all of that. Mm-hmm. But hey, if they gave us a discount and it humbled them at the same time, then by all by all means, I'm happy <laughs> about it all. <laughs> when Harden makes a comment like um, lasting on the article, when when Harden makes a comment like. Um, figure it out and I'll take whatever's left over. I mean, what was he talking about here? I mean, he, he, he means what, like about left, what's left over as in like, we're talking like actually what's left over or about $20 million left over. Kind of thing. I'm sure, I'm sure his, he and his agent has communicated a range. Okay. Whatever's left over within this range. Okay. That, I'm, sure ju- I'm sure. I'm sure that's how I think justified it too. Like yeah. I'm sure if Maury came to him and was like, Hey, just an example. Uh, we if we get Eric Gordon. Would you be cool with taking like twenty six this year, like that kind of thing? And like that, and then he could be like a little lower than I wanted, Daryl. It's like yeah, but it's Eric Gordon, so you know. So I mean, may, maybe it just depends on who he can get and how much you can improve it. Like it has to, it has to justify the means, right? So like he'll take a discount if it's jumping up the percentage of winning that mm-hmm. that much higher, like you know. But if they come back, they're like, we'll get, you know, I don't know. Uh, I think I think I'm in my random name to say, but I think it has to just justify the discount. Yeah. Yeah, all four, all four Harden's will to win, because that's also another thing that people said that Harden didn't really care about winning in the past. That's been a narrative that they, they've said before. And if you look at his track record, it, it, it's anything but that. Playing on a ham, playing on an injured hamstring uh, two years ago with Brooklyn. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I think he hates being called washed even more. <laughs> Definitely. Also, uh, talk about his uh, mid-rangers. Uh, there was a video that came out yesterday. I think it was at Arizona State or something. It was recently. He was in Arizona State, I believe, because I saw the Sun Devils logo in the background. Um, he was pulling up and like shooting jumpers a- as part of his training. I mean, he he was pulling up pulling up um, mid-rangers and practicing that. So great. He's, he's, he's taking the, he's taking that advice to the bank. Yeah, I mean, you know, three level <laughs> score. He's more than capable. It's just whether he decides to do it. Yeah. I just think that, you know, at that stage of his career, and you know, because if you can't always get to the rim like you used to, that that mid-level is just gives you another option. Yeah. Which I think will open up three a little more because people will play that shot. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. If he, and if he gets that, maybe he can average Tejas 26 or 27. Yeah, but not, and I think in the playoffs it'll be necessary because if you look around the playoffs, it's, that's become a shot that um, all the teams are going to Yeah, because teams give yeah. it up. And it'll open up more for because you know when he if he does beat the first man, the guy on the block they they're expecting to go right to the hoop, so they almost don't even they don't even attack him. They usually just wait for him to get to this. Yeah. Yeah. But when he starts pulling up at the elbow and hitting those, that guy's going to have to then go yeah, up yeah, and meet him. Defense has to make an adjustment. Yeah, yeah, which will open up you know the you know whoever that uh, big man and beats guard guard and he'll be wide open and Harden's Harden's a quick thinker. He can hit that. Pass real quick, so it'll just do nothing but open up a lot. Um, okay, so for our next topic, Eric mentioned that you know he may hard may not get that 25 26 because you may see another leap from Maxi. Um, and this that this past weekend we saw an Instagram story where Maxi was training with LeBron James, uh, another clutch sports guy. Um, and this begs the question. Last week we talked about, or was it two weeks ago, we talked about Maxi working with Harden and Cassell. Um, and Eric, you played with a young LeBron, so I'm sure back in the day it was LeBron watching you play and, and, and you know learning from you a little bit. Um, and <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you were the LeBron. He, he was the Maxi back in the day. Um, but what what is something that well, obviously there's many things that LeBron does. Um, but what are some things that LeBron can teach a, a young Tyrese Max that he's not maybe getting from, say, you know, Harden or Cassell. I mean, what are some things that LeBron can kind of bring to him that, you know, other players may not be bringing to him? Well, I mean, you can always learn from, you know, a guy like LeBron or veteran guys. Um, sometimes just it's the mental part of the game. It's the, you know, the physical part, um, certain things to look for. I mean, the one thing that LeBron has is, um, you know, obviously besides immense talent, is every night he has the attention, the full attention from every defense. So he has to see it from a different lens. So just to have that conversation with someone that gets a different experience on a nightly basis that most guys don't receive, um, you can definitely gain from that. Um, just the things that he sees and throughout his years. So it's, it's valuable information that um, not everybody can give you. So I just think whenever you're around, you can be a sponge to that. You know, he, he, he could definitely help yourself improve. Hey, so what did you think about it? Because I know that there were some Sixers fans who were just, you know, Philadelphia, everyone's got a little, uh, an, an opinion on stuff. And I think it was a Liberty Bowlers article that was actually upset that Le- Maxi was hanging out with LeBron. Um, is is Maxi a clutch guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Why would anyone get upset about that? It's ridiculous. It was a Liberty Bowlers article. I, I don't know. I get upset if it was a bad influence, but LeBron's not a bad influence. If you want to learn from someone how to be a professional, a consummate professional, as Stephen A. Smith would say. Um, show, I mean, as far as on the court, I mean, if you could show, give Maxi some of his skills to get other players involved and be a playmaker, because, I mean, Maxi gets to the hoop one of the easiest ways to do it. I mean, like, he's, it's so easy for him. And he's so fast. And if he could start incorporating just getting the ball to people after driving and drawing all that attention to him. I mean, that can just unlock another part of his game, too. And Max is actually really – that's the one thing Maxie's polished at, too. He'll sprint by, and even though they're expecting him to go to the hoop, he does pull up a lot for that little elbow jumper. Mm-hmm. He likes that jumper a lot. Um, he's – I mean, he's so far beyond his years, and he's so mature, too. So I think LeBron's just a good 
professional as far as also getting your body ready and always staying in shape. And Max is a worker, man. I mean, he's he's one of those guys on drafted and said all that, you know, with his dad on camera about how much he's a worker. And everyone says that, but he has been 100 percent that he's 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 been working. He, He doesn't stop. Yeah. Uh, in Doc's exit interview, he said he had to tell Maxie to take two weeks off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, um, I, I think I think it's a good thing. And um, Sixer fans who just I don't know, I I can't see the, the hate for LeBron. I, I get you know people don't like the whole big three stuff, but for him to say that you don't want him hanging around uh, one of our young guys, I mean, whatever. Unless unless you're talking about from a recruiting aspect, which the article wasn't about a recruiting, you know, Maxie to mm-hmm. LA, right? I think that's where it goes. Yeah. <laughs> we got Maxi inked up for what two, three more years? Two or three more? Uh, years? I believe so. Yeah, I think it's two and two then a qualifying offer. Okay, so by that time, is LeBron in the league anymore? Three years? I mean, he probably will be the guy. Yeah, um, well, they can start doing LeBron. I think I read you. They can start doing LeBron's extension now if they wanted to. They can start working on that. Okay, but I don't know. Apparently, that goes against his "I want to play with Brawny" thing. So I don't know. Yeah, they extended him. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, so our next topic. um, So the athletic released in uh, a player rankings um, uh, broken into tiers, um, and a lot of Sixers fans were kind of pissed off about this. Yeah, I I was I was mad about this. I'm I'm sure I'm sure Tejo was a little bit uh, peeved by it. But um, they broke down uh, the players into tiers, and Embiid was in the second tier. Um, Tier one was only Giannis, Curry, KD, and uh, uh, Nikola Jokic. Um, and I know we'd agree that he should be added to that first tier. I'm going to say all three of us probably will say that. Um, but what do you, and a lot of people were discounting this, this list because MB wasn't even in the top, um, in the top tier, but if you were to add him to that list and take out somebody from that list, who would, who would, uh, who would that person be? Who'd you take out tier one to put, uh, to put MB in for? Um, well, I think if. The MVPs, the last two seasons were switched, then the role would have been switched. The tier would have been switched. Um, yeah. I don't know if you can take anybody out. I mean, you could probably add a fifth guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can add a fifth guy, but you, I don't know how you can. It's funny. The top four guys, it's it's the two-time MVP and oh, three- MVPs. Three and three champions, too. He's the only guy without the ring, but he's also won back-to-back MVPs. Um, but they're all back-to-back MVPs, aren't they, except for um, KD? Oh, yeah. You're also right about that, too. They're all – yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Uh, you can't take none of them off. You can probably add Joel, but you can't take none of them away. Thing is, are we separating? I mean, yes. Uh, put, put, put it like this: if 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 you if you take one of them, wait, just pick any of them, um, and add Joel. They have a better argument to jumping to that top tier than he does. Really? Because he's he's been back to back. We are we talking about seasons or career? Yeah, see, exactly. This is season. So, but the career comes into play definitely with Curry and Durant. Yes. Right now, who's better, though? I mean, Curry's got the, I mean, the best team in the league. So, you know, he's got a really good supporting cast. Is Curry yeah, and Ray? So, so it, it kind of depends on what they're judging. Yeah, I would say, funny enough, 
the two best careers are Curry and Durant. I would, I would say it's one of those two that you'd switch out for Embiid right now. Yeah, yeah, but they were voted top seventy-five this year. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's I know it's 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 really hard. I'm just it's saying, hard. some could argue that LeBron should be in there. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's funny that the next tier is only two guys. It's only Embiid and, and, and Doncic. So like, it's like. They're like right there, but not there. But Doncic, but see, that's the thing. When you when you do that way, Doncic and Embiid aren't equal. But he's been dude, Embiid's back to back runner up, and he's what a three four time All Defensive Player on the on, on on the second team. Those are hardcore accolades. That's the guy. Those are two. The only guy who can say he has anything close to that is Giannis. He's got the MVPs and he's got the Defensive Player. But none of the other guys are defensive players. It's. That's guy, yeah. I don't know, man. It, it's hard. Um, we do have really high rankings though for guys. I mean, James Harden, the two B. I think he's like the thirteenth man listed on this list. So, uh, um, I didn't, I didn't, I seen the list. I didn't, I didn't particularly take it personal. Hopefully, he did. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, he did. But for me, I mean, to be a top, Come up five, blood. top six player in the league and viewed that way. I mean, that's, you know, I guess it's all arguable to be a top five or top three or whatever you are. I mean. And we were even talking about that recently. How about in the All-Star game, when, like, push comes to shove, they're like, just give the ball to Joel. So it's like. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, KD was injured a lot, but when he was playing, he was playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's the so, thing, though. When it comes to these lists that they're they're made by, you know, analytics guys not really like basketball guys I mean yeah, that's that's what I'm saying like what what is the I, I think part of the list is last season I think part of the list is respect for careers mm-hmm. um so yeah that's what I think is unless you kind of you can show me the list but show me the criteria too mm-hmm. um then I, maybe I'll have a better understanding of it yeah because you can look at the last let me, let me ask Go ahead, Marcus. No, sorry. So you, you look at the last two years of NBA, and it's great and all, but like if they if we're looking at career, I and mean, they're going to take into the you know his injury history and not playing those first few years and compared comparatively to yeah, other. Yeah, I guys. mean that's that could move other people up and him down. Yeah, you just I just don't know what um, you know how they're viewing it. I'd be more insulted about Tobias Harris. He's like the seventieth guy on this list. Um, look, let me ask you a toss up: Dorian Finney-Smith or Tobias Harris? Eric. Eric, you there? Yeah, I'm here now. You guys froze. Oh, okay. I said, uh, I said, um, Dorian Finney-Smith or Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris. Dorian Finney-Smith's like he's one tier above him, but like thirty players up. But like they're all tied in that tier together. But yeah, I mean, like like I would be most insulted if I was to buy. There are so many guys above him that it's just like it's it's completely it's it's completely unjustified in my opinion. I mean, but Jordan Finney Smith also doesn't have to. His role is more defined because, and he also doesn't. You know, Luca dominates the ball, but he doesn't have James Harden, um, Joel, and a young Maxi. So I think mm. sort of who you're playing with kind of you know impacts what you're able to do, but I don't think that's accounted for in this vote. 
I mean, Horford above Tobias Harris? Like what? Like what? What? What is this? Five years ago? Yeah, I mean, then you shouldn't be paying much attention to the top. Then, if, if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, Derek White on the same <laughs> tier as Tobias Harris. Derek White. I mean, wait, is a Boston fan? Yes. What is this? So I'm just saying, if you if you feel that way about the rest of the list, and feel that way about about the whole list, don't just let's not just pick and choose. Oh yeah, no, that, that's yeah. When I first saw this, I tweeted out, I'd be more pissed off if I was Embiid, but for one spot, you know, it, it's those four guys above you. Okay, you can't like if, if Tobias and Embiid were talking about this, and he's like, if I was Tobias, I'd be like, yo, bro, you you got some of the, the top players of all time ahead of you. Okay, like I have guys that finally like scored double digits this season above me. Okay. I've been averaging 18 rain or shine for the past, like six seasons. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, yeah, I mean, that's, but it's, you know, hopefully they just use it to their well, social media. Now we know they see all this. So hopefully use it to their advantage and, you know, push them up. You mentioned something to me the other day about the, that one list that had us uh, overall, like tied with the uh, warriors. Uh, what was that? Yeah. Like? I tried finding that it was like a, it was a tiered list like this, but it was, um, they had like numerical values for all of it. And then it totaled up all the guys that they actually rated. And, and it, yeah, we were tied with the warriors. I forgot what the number was, but for like the most numerical value player tied with the warriors as the highest. Yeah. 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 It's believable. I mean, we have a really, we had a really, uh, like top end top heavy talented team last year and lacked depth. Because of Harden's contract and what he did, we have more depth now. So, like, we we just added – we literally just took the same team and just added to it from last year. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's understandable. Yeah, they, we're going to see a lot of these lists as uh, as the um, – you know, there's kind of a dark period in the NBA right now with nothing really going on. There's going to be so many of these, uh, these uh, publications breaking out these lists. And- yep. You've been seeing it in the NFL as we've gotten closer to training camp. The lists are starting to go away, but in the dead in the dead of the uh, off season, all, all these like lists of top twenty guys, top ten guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the criteria for half of those things, but um, okay. So with the uh, last topic of the night, um, I know we've kind of said that there's there's more stuff that's going to be happening with the Sixers as we head through this off season. May not, but um, it, as with the current roster construction right now, um, that's in place right now. What are your uh, expectations uh, for this team as we see right now? Um, and also the question is, if if Doc doesn't get out of the second round with the current roster construction right now, do you think he's gone next year? Doc. Doc, yeah. Um, it will be some changes if this team doesn't get out of the second round. And it won't just be Doc. No, no, That's my opinion. And I, I don't. I think that's the opinion of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's the expectations has been the last few years of trying to win a championship or getting to the finals, and you're seeing the teams around you do that. Um, that are worse record, um, same record, and teams are doing that. And you can't get to that level. Then, I mean. I firmly and, and I don't think it'll stop at Doc if that's the case. I think the team could look totally different. Hmm. Past the second round, that's what we're speaking about. If we don't get past the second round, that's my opinion that the team will um, look different. Is there a chance? Let's say we don't get past the second round because everyone's hope is that if 
Doc does and get past the second round, a successor would be say Cassell, and you kind of do a run, kind of run a back scenario with Cassell at the helm, and then maybe have some few tweaks here and there. Do you think that's a possibility, or, or is it? I hope for Sam's sake. I hope he gets the shot. Um, I wouldn't know. I mean, it, it depends on, you know, I believe there are more to be safe, and it depends on how he views it, Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But you know, I think Sam deserves an opportunity. Definitely. Just don't know if it'll happen with us in this situation. Yeah. Tej, what, what are your thoughts on that? Current expectations of the squad and also um, if we don't get out of the second round with the squad. I think I saw the current over-under for wins is, uh, I think, 50 and a half. Um, I like the over on that. I think we're going to have a really good record this year. Um, I think this year is so much more heightened than last year because, yeah, we had Harden, but we gutted roster to get him. And, I mean, how much can you really – expect from a team that made a trade to like a month, two months before the playoffs. It's a lot to expect, but this year they basically kept everything good about last year and then added to it. So this year's just so the expectations are so much higher. Like we have to deliver because you took everything from last year. You have another year. So that whole Harden just came here. Things gone. He says he's healthy, um, took less money to bring on talent. We got our dogs. We got, we got everything that we apparently said we needed in the off season. Um, the one last thing I guess you can improve upon would be more structurally, I guess, uh, and balance wise would be, and this would probably happen that next season. If you don't get the second round is a Tobias Harris for like multiple pieces type trade, but that's it. There's nothing else to really do for this team. Um, yeah, you can argue and say we can consolidate by doing a two or three for one to get either like a high volume bench score or like another legit, like wing um but yeah this they should the expectation is to get out of that second round and i think they will have over 50 wins um but yeah it's 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 go time for them it's it's like that 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 butler season it, this has got to be it yeah so you, you both would be okay if this was it we, we made no more moves you'd be, both be fine with with the, the roster constructed as of right now no no more trades and no we're nothing no more acquisitions I mean, I'll be okay. I mean, I, I would think that you want to try to keep get better in, in some kind of way, but um, I'd just rather have it now than the trade deadline. Yeah, yeah, full season. But you got you got that built, you got that built-in excuse if it does happen at the trade deadline. Yeah, we trade for a guy mid-season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, trading for like a Gordon in mid-season is a little different than trading for like a a hard in midseason because yeah. also going into it now, we're expecting to make such a deal, whether it's like soon or at midseason. we're like, we're saving that. But I mean, a lot of people speculate that the whole Harden contract hasn't happened because we're maybe waiting to be able to tell him, Hey, we need three more million allocated to this guy. And he'd be like, all right, fine. I'll do it. Once he signs a contract for an amount, we have a definitive cap on how much we can spend on that other guy. So because he, if he's saying, give me what's left, that to me says, let us make our moves and then we'll, and then we'll, we'll run it by you to see if that amount's okay with you and then we'll make the move. So that means we almost have to make that changing move right now and not at the deadline. Otherwise, Harden's not going to be under contract. So he, if he's going to sign his deal and he's saying, give me whatever's left, then we have to know whatever has to be left. So it's like a weird catch-22 there. Got it. I don't know. I mean, well. Hopefully we should see soon. Um, 
I want this Durant thing to get figured out so he can like have some movement. Yeah. Um, I also think them selling on Mitchell would help us too because it would, you know, then at that point it's a real fire sale in Utah. They don't really give a crap about anybody at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't see Mitchell. I mean, I can't. I can't see them going to that season with a team as is with the expectations they have this year, basically tanking with Mitchell. That that's a disaster waiting to happen for him. Like after two weeks in the season, going, get me out of here. Yeah, I need. We need to go. I need to go. Like this yeah. is this isn't happening. Uh, yeah, so that's why I, that those things have to happen in order for stuff to to kind of get rolling. Um, so again, I, I, I end the episode every week for the last three weeks with hopefully something happens. So, so hopefully those puzzle pieces move a little bit, so we can kind of fin- finalize our roster uh, going into uh, um, the training camp and all that stuff. So James but, uh, can sign too. That, that, that too. First and I foremost, mean, definitely. <laughs> But all right, pals, that does it for us. Thanks for tuning in to Believe in 76ers presented by Bet Online. We'll see you guys next week as we hopefully these deals happen and the public pieces come together and we can uh, finalize our team. So we'll see you guys next week. All right. Talk to you soon. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.